truth without grace is mean. Mm -hmm. Uh, Grace without truth is meaningless, but grace and truth is medicine. And when we have grace and truth together, it changes us. We believe that there is always more to God's Word and that if we dig a little deeper, we will find truth that will take us on a journey of amazing life change, a life of deeper hope, deeper truth, and deeper grace. Let's jump right in. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Deeper Grace Podcast. My name is Graham, and I get the honor of hosting this awesome time. Um, I'm here with the one and only Pastor Wayne Murray. How you doing, Pastor Wayne? Doing great. How you doing, Graham? You know, I've been better, but I'm doing good. Is going through some stuff. Yep, she's getting good too, though, so we're good. Good. Praise she's God. she's a little crippled, but that's okay. All right. <laughs> I've uh, I've had worse things happen, I guess. Sure. She's funny though. She's a goofball. Yeah. But um, this last weekend, mm-hmm. powerful message, grace and truth. Yeah. Probably one of the harder topics to talk on. Sure. And it's I think you kind of mentioned it or went through the whole idea of there's a lot of people lean one way or the other. Yeah. But you can't really do that, you know? Uh, But as I remember when we were in preparation for this, I was thinking, oh, this is going to be a difficult one right here. Mm. Because on either side of the camp, somebody's going to be like, uh, that's me, you right. know? <laughs> right. I mean, I think we've all... Jesus is an equal opportunity offender. That's good. <laughs> I've never heard that before, but that's so yeah, true. Right. He's just going to get you all. Everybody's right. going to have it. So we uh, we tackled a conversation based out of the story in the book of John. John chapter 8. Uh, the story of the woman caught in adultery. Right. So give us, let's start off. What's the background of the story? What was the time in your time leading up to the topic? What were some of the things, you know, because you've been saying throughout these 40 days that you've been picking up stuff, catching on to things in the narrative that you didn't catch on before. So what are some things that stuck out about this story that didn't weren't there before, maybe? So we're literally in the middle of the campaign, 40 Days with Jesus, studying the book of John. And really, it's coming out of these last few months. I've been in the book of John personally, just reading, rereading, reading in different translations, just trying to soak in it. And uh, I remember reading John chapter 8, this story, and how powerful it was. Uh, especially in context of John one fourteen, that, uh, you know, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And then verse 14 says that Jesus was full of grace and truth. And then you juxtapose that over this story of this right. woman caught in adultery. This is, a dis- this is the display of what grace and truth looks like. Yeah. She's caught in adultery. The Pharisees bring her before Jesus. She was caught in adultery, Jesus. She, the law says she should be stoned. What do you say? They're trying to trap him. Right. Jesus being brilliant, he doesn't respond. He doesn't react. To so them, brilliant. But he responds and writing on the ground and that whole deal. Uh, but then he, when he does respond, he goes, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. It's good. And what a response. So one of the most brilliant comments of all time when it comes to that. And so he said, he said, neither do I condemn you. He gave her grace. Right. Go and sin no more. He gave her truth. It's good. And so it's grace and truth. The gospel is grace and truth. Yeah. Jesus is full of grace and truth. And so for us as followers of Jesus, we want, we strive to be like Jesus, which means we also need to be full of grace and truth, not right. one or the other. We tend to lean one toward the other. We're either all got all grace, you know, 
God forgives everybody of everything. I can do whatever I want. I can right. I can get drunk. I can have sex with whomever I want. I can say whatever I want because right. grace, grace, grace. You know, grace is a get out of hell free card. You know, that's meaningless. Mm. Has no power to change your life. Right. Then we we tend to lean toward truth only, which is legalism. You know, and no grace. And and so uh, and that's what the Pharisees were. Right. Because they were right. Right. You know, the law was correct. They were quoting the, the prophet correct. Right. Moses correctly. Hey, in Deuteronomy, it says, if you're caught in adultery, you should be stoned. So what's cool is that Jesus did not correct them on that. He's like, right. You're right. That is what the law says. Yeah. Because sin requires a payment. Absolutely. You know, he goes, so this is not an issue of sin. This is a response to sin. Right. And so, you know, and all that shows with the Pharisees is that you can be religious and be very hateful. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the parts of the messages, at least in the couple small groups I'm in, involved talking about this, that really resonated with some people. One one lady thanked me. She goes, thank you for being a pastor to admit that some people who go to church, they're not very nice. Yeah. And uh, Which of course, is so that's, terrible. It is it's horrible. And yeah. it's, not, it's not what we want. No. And I think you and I would both testify that the vast, vast, vast majority of people that we go to church with and have known in the church full of grace and truth. Yeah, incredible you know, people. But there are a handful of people that they use their religion to throw hate and all of that. To throw stones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is a, which is crazy because uh, even unbelievers don't go to church. They know that verse. Yeah, in a, in a religion that we can't save ourselves, exactly. we tend to judge people pretty harshly for the same things that, we were forgiven of. Right. And I think what it, why it resonated so deeply with people is because we live in a culture that doesn't want the truth. Right. And if you speak the truth at all, then it's hate speech. Yep. And the problem is if I don't speak the truth, I don't really love you. And so, but the key is I speak the truth in love. Talk about that. So let's yeah. put, put that in real world, world standards, right? Like, because when you put in the religion standard, people are like, well, it's hate, right? Mm -hmm. But think about parents. What if they didn't tell you the truth about the stove's hot? That's going to burn you. Right. You didn't want to offend your little kid. Right. I don't want to offend right. you, so go and touch it. Right. And then they're mad at you because you didn't stop them. Exactly. That's not love. No. That, the Bible says that's actually hate. We have a very skewed view of love in our culture, don't right. we? Well, in, and again, in the message, I pointed out that John, John's theme in his book, Book of John, and 1st, 2nd, 3rd John is love. Yeah. And in 1st John... He says, God is love. Yeah. So the definition of love is God. So the definition of love, since it's God and Jesus is full of grace and truth, that's what love is. Love is grace and truth together. Both. Not 50% grace, 50% truth. Right. 100% grace, 100% truth. So yeah. that means, yeah, we speak the truth. Yeah, we walk in the truth, but we do it with grace. And you almost can't have, it's like if you say it that way, 100%, 100%, right? You can't have one without the other. They are Those directly are. correlated. Right. And if you have one without the other, you don't actually have right. love or Jesus if we're really, because they said God is love. Mm -hmm. Jesus is God. So that means Jesus is love. And that's, and it's not easy and it's not going to come immediately to all of us. Right. You know, Jesus perfectly, uh, you know, here's a long word, amalgamated both grace and truth. Right. He was the perfect union of both. Yes. You know, we're striving to get there. And as we follow Jesus and we read his word and we engage with the Bible and we pray and we worship our goal, I want to be like that too. Yeah. You know, because each of us, you know, naturally we tend to lean toward truth or we tend to lean toward grace. hundred percent. I heard a, a, a psychologist, I read an article about it. It said grace people are actually are looking for love. 
That's why they show so much grace because they want to receive it. Wow. Truth people are looking to be right. Yep. <laughs> and so, uh, but neither one are good or right. optimal. We want to be like Jesus. We want to, we want to be full of grace and truth. You know, I thought about it. You could equate this to, and I don't know if our listeners have been through the freedom curriculum, but mm-hmm. the tree of life and the tree of knowledge and good of That's evil. Exactly. Yeah. One of them is a love, love grace and truth approach. It's we're not no less truth than the knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. But one of them doesn't have any any grace attached to it. Any love at all, right? That's yeah. yeah. And and again, that's why it's a discipleship issue, right? You know, I've got to learn to walk in grace and truth, and to speak with grace and truth. And your big idea was that, and I think the big idea for the campaign is what would happen if we all spent forty days straight with Jesus, right? And the big idea is that we would become like Him. Exactly. He'll change us. Right. And we'll, so the idea, and I, and I like that though, and you mentioned at the beginning of the campaign was, I will make you. And so, you know, one of the things that you don't want to happen in one of these messages is, oh, I'm not like that. And then they fall back on themselves like, oh gosh, I'll never be that good. Well, the best part is, is this is just Jesus bringing awareness to areas that he's going to make us be like. Right. You know? And the beautiful thing about this story is that it's a very visual picture of what grace and truth is. You know, it's not a theological explanation. Right. He's like, let me show you. Yes. And he showed us what grace and truth look like so that we could see it clearly. And that's our goal is to be like that. Right. You know, if somebody and and, and the, the idea is, the longer we follow Jesus, the more we're going to think like him, yes. the more we're going to see things like him. And so the issue is, how do I respond to sin? Right. When somebody else sins or when I sin? So if I, you know, in this instance, a woman's caught in adultery, brought before Jesus, how do you respond to that? You know, do right. you hit him over the head? Condemn? No. Saying, no, you're good. No. no. You, we, I don't condemn you. Right. But stop sinning. Yeah. You know, and so when we, it's, it's a whole lot easier for us to give grace to ourselves. It's right. harder for us to give grace to other people when they right. sin. Uh, when they sin against God or when they sin against us. Yeah. That's when it gets real. Oh and gosh, so, that's so true. So too. when we respond to when we when we experience sin in our world and or somebody around us fails. Right. Let's say as a parent our kids fail. Right. Let's say in a marriage, you know spouse fails. Somehow messes up, does right. something stupid or says something. What do I do? Well I don't I don't ignore the truth. Right. You know? And and I don't speak with hate. Right. It's grace and truth. Yeah. That's how we respond to That's sin. It. And you know, thinking about that, because I didn't even think about the sinning against us, right? Right. I think about how many times have I done something dumb in my marriage and watched my wife respond with, like, the ultimate grace and truth. You know, like, hey, I understand you're going through this right now, and this is happening, and that frustrates you. However, what you just said was wrong. She's done that right. so many times. Yeah. And uh, you don't think about it like that until you take a step back and you go, she was being Jesus in that moment. Right. You know, which is incredible. Which we would call spiritual maturity. Very. Which we would call being like Jesus. Right. That's the definition of spiritual maturity. And that only comes through spending time with him. That's right. You know, it's like you, what's the phrase my dad used to say? You become who you hang around. Exactly. You are who you hang around. Right. I think the same show true. Show me your friends. I'll show you your future. That's it. Is the way I've heard it. So that's spiritually times. too. So if Jesus is my friend and I'm hanging out with Jesus, 
I'm engaging with his word. I'm talking about it with other people. I'm praying about it. Guess what? I'm going to start com- I'm going to start becoming like him. Right. Thinking like him, acting like him. And that, and that's where the power comes. It's cuz I don't try so good to do something. I'm becoming something. Right. I will make you to become fishers yeah. of men is what he said. And it's they're not doing anything for that process. They're just following him, right. letting him do the rest. Exactly. And I love that whole idea. That's the whole idea of this whole campaign is the more we hang out, the more he makes us. And um, something Diane said, I thought was you were talking about the response that he had. Uh, and Diane got to share her story. Uh, Diane Leap goes to our church, shared her story in students and combined that with the message the story she shared in chapel and combined it with the woman caught in adultery and how she had for so long been the person holding the stone, Mm. but yet wanting to receive grace for all her stuff, but yet held the stone. And it was super powerful. The, the thing, the students that came forward, it was absolutely insane, but she said something that I thought was really good. uh, Cause we've been tying this whole thing to identity. This is who you become when you hang out with Jesus. And she said, uh, the best thing about this whole story is that he didn't say a word until like his response was an action, not a word, not mm-hmm. until later. Mm-hmm. And so she, her thing was, is you know that you're becoming like Jesus when your response to, to sin is first an action. And it's an action of love and grace, not an action of truth or not an action of hatred or not an action of whatever repulsiveness or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. He says, she got, he got down in the dirt with the, with the lady. Now, I thought that was a really good perspective. Right. She was like, because, and her thoughts were, the uh, Pharisees were not in the dirt. They were standing up. He didn't go over to them. He went down to her. Mm-hmm. And so she, it was just like, wow. But the, the and, and we talked about the other day, it's the order of it matters. And so she kind of harped on, kind of harped on that a little bit was the order matters. Because Jesus knew, I'm going to respond with, neither do I condemn you. Because now she'll listen when I tell her the truth, which is, can't do that anymore. Right. And uh, so remind you me. give grace right. first. Then Followed truth. Followed by truth. But you have done both. Yeah. But always, you know, you know it's like uh, you read Paul's letters. He does that all the time. Praying for you guys. So excited for what, you know, when we came there, God was doing this. Here's where you're terrible. And then ends <laughs> it with, I can't wait till you're better, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was good. Well, again, and for those of you that are parents out there, think about how that affects us raising our kids. Yeah. You know, we don't condemning our kids. We don't call them losers. We don't use names like stupid. Right. We don't say you're hopeless. That that's condemnation. Right. What we want to do as parents is we want to call out the best. Hey, I'm not condemning you, but you're better than that. Yeah. It's not who you that's are. That's not who you are. Yeah. And we're calling them to truth. Yeah. And uh, but we're doing it with grace. Yeah. You know, and and I think that's one of the most powerful parenting principles. I would agree. It's kind of funny. My, my youngest son is 20 years old. Later that afternoon, we're, we're eating lunch, and he's like, you know, Dad, you say that a lot. Now I understand why you said, you know, that's not who you are. I'm like, I actually believe this stuff. <laughs> I don't just talk about it on Sunday, that's right? right? That's awesome. That's, right. that's true, though. You know, it's like my dad, uh, I remember I went to go buy my first truck. I was 19, so I didn't have any credit, like, at all. Mm-hmm. I had never built any. Uh, so the interest rate on this truck was going to be like 24%. It was stupid. Wow. And my dad sat down with me and he said, uh, he says, nice truck. Um, you know, I hear what you're saying. You want to do something on your own. You want to build your credit. He was like, but here's what it's going to cost you. 
I feel like that's what Jesus did in this moment was, hey, I don't condemn you. It's going to be okay. But here's what this costs if you keep going. You know, because it says in the Bible, the wages of sin is death. It's the wage. It's the cost. It's what it's like. And not telling people what it's going to cost. Like I look back now and I think back that that time and I go now that I'm a little bit more mature and knowledgeable of the area of cars and stuff. It's like he was just trying to save me money. (laughs) Yeah. He was trying to help me see what it cost. Now I was too dumb to think I'd bought it, ended up buying the truck. It cost me an arm and a leg. Wasn't worth it. But the point was, is I don't, you know, I don't judge you for wanting to buy your own truck, but here's what it's going to cost. Yeah. You know? Well, and as a pastor, uh, there's this temptation always to preach grace, grace, grace. Everything's going to be okay. God loves you no matter what. Right. But the problem is that's out of balance. That's true. Right. But, that's out of balance if you don't preach the truth. It's good. And, you know, for 24 years now, as a pastor, we preached and led. We're not afraid to tackle tough subjects. We're not afraid to talk about sin. We're not afraid to talk about cultural right. sins, you know. Uh, but but we do it with grace. Right. You know, uh, it's grace and truth. Yeah. And it's with love. And what we've learned over the years, that's actually what changes people's lives. Right. You know, we're not hitting people over the head with our Bibles saying, you're going to hell. Right. We condemn you. No, no, no. We're preaching the truth with tears in our eyes. Right. With grace in our hearts. And, you know, uh, after this past Sunday, there was a lot of people. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank you. You know, because we address living together before getting married. We address homosexuality we right. address you know adultery we address gossip right why because we love you yeah you know and 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 I, I would say if you go to a church that refuses to address those things yeah they don't love you yep and, I, and and that sound i hope that doesn't sound harsh but it's right but i think we have to be super careful yeah if if we go to a church that never addresses sin there there's a problem there there really is yeah because you can address it but again, you do it. Yeah. With, you do it with love. That's where the power is. I had an atheist kid in my high school tell me my senior year in high school. We used to talk all the time, and we would debate the existence of God like all the time, and it was really fruitless. But one day he told me, Graham, if you really believed what you said you believed, you would try harder to get me to see it the way you see it. Because if you believe, if if what you believe is real, I'm going to hell forever, and that shouldn't be okay with you. This is an atheist. Oh, yeah, shook me, rocked my world. So our conversations changed. It was no longer about is God real. It was the who he is and who he is, who God's made him to be, who Jesus was. And it became a lot more enjoyable of a conversation. He ended up giving his life to Jesus the next summer. But it was, it rocked me. And it's, uh, if people, and that was his thing is if you actually loved people, if you actually, like you say, if you actually cared about me, Mm -hmm. you would try harder. Wow. And you're going, how many other people are out there right now in our culture who would just like for people who follow Jesus to try harder, yeah. to tell them the truth? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have another atheist friend right now who, the same thing, she does not agree with me. She'll never agree with me. I mean, she's the tough cookie to crack, right? And she has made that very clear, but she appreciates that I'm willing to say the right, the truthful things and not shy away from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's living a homosexual lifestyle. She is way out in left field on most things and it's like she but she has straight up told me i appreciate that you're honest but i don't come out and just tell her like you're a horrible person you're you're in hell but as she asks i say i tell her the truth 
Right. I don't sugarcoat it. I just say, here's this is what we believe. Right. But but in, it's not just one particular sin. No, we it's have all to be. Uh, we have to be willing to talk about it's all of them. Yeah, all of them. And so, uh, you know, we're not singling anybody out. Oh no. You know, because it's not just about your sin; it's about mine too. Yeah. You know, when we respond with grace and truth. Yeah. That you know, I was quoting several pastors when I said it this way: that grace, truth without grace is mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, grace without truth is meaningless, but grace and truth is medicine. And when we have grace and truth together, it changes us. It's like you go to the doctor. The doctor, doctor's job is to diagnose the problem. Typically, that's not good news. That's the truth. But the medicine is the treatment. Yeah. You know, this is the way out. This is the way uh, forward. So it's it, it's not just the diagnosis. It's the treatment, too. Right. That's what grace and truth together is. That That brings health. That brings wholeness. That brings what we need in our lives. You know, you can't be the doctor and say, well, that's bad news. I don't want to tell them bad news. That'll make them feel bad. And right. That's not really loving. Well, actually, it's not loving to not tell them the truth. Right. It's loving to say, hey, this is what you're dealing with. These are This is what's going to happen if you do nothing about it. Oh, but here's a way out. Here's, here's a plan. A here's a treatment. Here's, here's the way forward, yeah. and you'll get better. It's good. That's grace and truth. That's good. Yeah. Man, that's it. And I think that's a good place to end it. That is it. Okay. Put them together, and you've created medicine for people. Absolutely. And who's not going to take their medicine, especially if they don't feel good, right? Right. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us on the Deeper Grace podcast uh, for this episode on grace and truth. Uh, Pastor Wayne, thank you so much for thank what you. you do and your time. I know this is you're busy, and this is thank this you, is thank beneficial. Thank you for making the podcast happen. Oh, I love is, it. This is Graham's idea, and we, we are. I'm grateful. It's been a lot of fun. It's been good. But guys, thank you so much for listening. Remember, like, subscribe, and share the podcast with your friends. Uh, And also remember that if you listen to this before your small group, you're going to get to come to your small group with deep insight. And they're not even going to know that it wasn't from you. So take advantage of it. Until we see you next time on the Deeper Grace Podcast.